Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Inquirer podcast. I'm your host, Billy Metcalf, and we're back again with another podcast. And this time, I will be going over my zero running back strategy that I performed in um, the Football Guys Players Championship draft on Saturday night, August 3rd. I'm recording this on August fifth on monday and a few things have happened since then no major news uh deonta foreman was released by the texans uh he went pretty high in this draft he was a ninth round pick and uh nothing else too major and by the way foreman got signed by the uh colts i saw about an hour and a half ago and he'll be backing up mac and behind Heinz. But other than that, I'm just going to take you right on into this article I wrote and posted on fantasyinquirer.com. It is the zero running back strategy FFPC $350 draft review. So, um, I don't know if you guys have played the FFPC or not. I know a lot of you guys listening have, I've had you on the show before and, uh, FFPC is a tight and premium. That means tight ends get a point and a half per reception. And it may not sound like much, but let me tell you, when you're behind by a couple points and your tight end catches five balls in a game, that's two and a half extra points. I mean, think how many times you've lost a fantasy league by like a point or a point and a half. So it's a pretty big difference. I try not to tailor all my strategy into taking tight ends early. But when I do a strategy like this, I... uh, Take a tight end early, usually. So let's get right into it here. Um, the reason I do a zero running back strategy, for some of you guys that don't know, you're like, what is a zero running back strategy? Well, a lot of people say it's not until you take running back till the seventh round, but that was a few years ago. I think in this day and age, we'll probably go with the fifth round since everyone's so hyper about taking a running back early you just have to have a running back early you need it you need it but you really don't that's kind of my point of the whole thing um i took my first running back in round five and if you look at the draft board here which i have on fantasyinquire.com or pinned to my twitter at fantasy Inquirer, you'll see that i took uh running back in the fifth round and the next closest person was the third round so i'm pretty zero rb in this draft so let's get right back into it here. Um, another thing about uh, 0RB, uh, I don't know if I explained it correctly, but you want to get running backs who are on the verge of starting, have standalone value, or pass-catching RBs. Generally the best handcuff. So you want running backs who are going to turn into the number one at some point in the season, but you want to get them for a low capital. Uh, there's no better feeling in fantasy football than taking a running back in the later rounds and having him come around and hit. It feels so great. Think about Alvin Kamara in 2017. Got him in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. Nick Chubb last year, 8th, 9th, 10th round. Uh, These guys are here every year, every year. And then the next year you turn around and draft them in the first or or second rounders. So we're going to mine for these guys today. And I'm going to show you the draft I did here. So hopefully I might've gotten some. So let's get right into the draft. I had the 10th pick in this draft. It's uh, 20 rounds. Um, FFPC one and a half point uh, premium. 
Uh, my tenth pick was Michael Thomas. Uh, I have him as uh, number three receiver in my rankings. I got him at the receiver four. Uh, Beckham, Hopkins, and Adams went ahead of me. Not in that order. Hopkins, Adams, Beckham. And I picked Thomas. And then uh, came back in the 2-3. I picked Tyree Kill. Uh, I have him as a number two receiver in my rankings and redraft. I got him at a wide receiver five price. So uh, both those guys have a chance to finish legit number one receivers this year. And that's what I want, you know. Big, big upside. I've had the 10 spot in these drafts a lot. And I went running back in a few of them. Bell, Mixon. But I really like starting two running backs, or receivers, I'm sorry. So for the number three pick, third round, tenth pick, I picked Amari Cooper. Uh, I've done about 15 of these drafts, and I don't remember Cooper ever uh, falling this far. I was pumped, to say the least, to get him, especially when the guy in front of me took Devonta Freeman, (laughs) one pick ahead of me, who uh, I'm majorly fading this year because I don't think he can stay on the field for a full 16 games. He's had about four concussions in his career and he had knee injuries last year. I think he went out with a uh, uh, kidney injury. I mean, he's just, he's falling apart. So I don't want any part of that. So I was very pleased at the third round, 10th pick to get Amari Cooper. So I started out Thomas Hill Cooper and then at the 403 pick, I picked O.J. Howard of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Remember, point and a half per reception. So Howard was a great pick, in my opinion, after the big three, Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle. Uh, some people like to get Ingram there. They're really high on Ingram. I am not as high on Ingram. I have Howard ahead of him. I'd rather take the tight end on the better offense than the tight end on the crappy offense. I mean, you may say, well, Billy, well, the, the tight end on the uh, – there's only 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 person catching passes on that team. Doesn't matter. They'll key in on him, and they'll cover him. I don't know how many times every uh, draft season we see guys and we pump them up like they're going to be the only guy catching passes, and it just never turns out that way. Coverage always uh, increases. So I'll take the better player, OJ Howard, in my opinion, and the better offense and. Uh, at the 403. So I got him and I was very pleased. So my first running back at the five, uh, fifth round, fifth round, 10th pick was Tariq Cohen. I was hoping for James White to fall here, but I was happy with Cohen. Uh, he could, f- uh, he should finish very similar to last season and he should have even more catches than last year because he's lining up all over the field reports have it in camp. And I believe it because Montgomery is going to be on the field a lot. The rookie running back out of Iowa state, who you should definitely pick as well. I am picking him too in drafts, and he actually went almost a full round before Tyreek Cohen in this draft. Um, Cohen will have a nice floor each week, and he's going to have some monster games sprinkled in. You know, he's a great pick. Uh, just for a guy who's a steady Eddie guy with a uh, big point spike potential every week. So he's basically my de facto RB1 here. At the uh, sixth pick, uh, at sixth round third pick, I pick. Daryl Henderson, the rookie of the Los Angeles Rams. He's a potential league winner if Gurley is as hampered as some of us speculate he is with his arthritic knee. Uh, We don't know what's going on. We're just getting puppies and unicorns that he's fine and everything's great, but he's not practicing really. Nobody's seen him play, you know, any scrimmage. He's not going to play the preseason. So... I'm just going to speculate, and I'm going to say Daryl Henderson, if Gurley does miss some time, 
he's a he's a top ten play plug and play in that LA Rams offense, who's possibly the best offense in the league. So yeah, I'll take that in the sixth round. Uh, the seventh round, tenth pick, I took um, uh, Austin Hooper. Remember, this is a tight end premium draft. Uh, I love him as my second tight end. Uh, I remember uh, you can start two flex in the flex positions in this league at well as well. So I can start him out as uh, a flex position. He's gotten better each of the last three seasons every year. Uh, and Julio and Calvin Ridley, they're both banged up in training camp right now. So he's a de facto number one in that team in practice. And Matt Ryan already loves him. Um, they've been hanging out all summer together. I've been reading stuff about them. So I, I love that pick. I think he's just going to be a target monster there. And he's a good pick at that value. Number eighth, uh, eighth round, third pick, Justin Jackson. Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, it's looking like Melvin Gordon will seriously miss several games of this year. At least it is as of August 2nd. So if he indeed does miss those games, picking Justin Jackson's a genius pick because he's going to get a lot more carries probably than Austin Eckler. Uh, he looked great last year uh, when Gordon was hurt. So, you know, put it this way. If we knew for sure that Melvin Gordon was not going to play this year as of right now, I'd probably pick him middle of the fourth round, into the fourth, maybe even late third. I think he's that good on a great offense. So if Gordon does come back, this pick obviously obviously looks bad, and I'll have to just wait for the eventual Gordon injury for Jackson to have any value. But, you know, I'm going to go down swinging. At the eighth round, that's, that's not a bad uh, gamble, in my opinion. Uh, at the ninth round, 10th pick, a good gamble was Jalen Samuels. I was shocked that he was still here because he usually goes at a minimum around earlier. And I've seen him go as early as the sixth round in some of these drafts. So a guy who would uh, make an immediate, he's, you know, he's a guy who would make an immediate impact if James Conner were to go down. And this is a kind of player you want when you're doing drafts like this. And he provides great standalone value regardless. So uh, the reports from camp just today alone say that he'll be used all over the field. I just got the uh, report on my sleeper app about two hours ago. And uh, do you guys ever look at your sleeper app with like one eye closed? I mean, it's like this is it's the first season I've actually had the sleeper app on notifications. And it seems like every other day someone's getting carted off and then I check an hour later and He's back on the field. It's like a, one scare after another. Uh, that's beside the point. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, they said Samuel's going to be lining up all over the field. So, you know, no way I would have gotten him if I would have drafted today after this news is released in the ninth round with the tenth pick. So I'm very tickled with this pick. Uh, another pick I like a lot at the tenth round third pick was Matt Breida. Uh, oh boy, Breida. If he could just stay on the field, he would be awesome. He was great last year in the minimal time before he left the game and screwed you over in some some games. Uh, he's a great player, and he's healthy right now. And just like Jalen Samuels, they're lining him up all over the field and saying he'll have his own standalone value. And our guy, Jarek McKinnon, he's on the pup list still with uh, that ACL from last year. So, you know. He's right behind Coleman, and uh, Kyle Shanahan already loves him. And I believe, just my opinion, there's a world out there 
where he overtakes a healthy Tevin Coleman and carries. So he's a great high upside gamble as well. So recap through 10 rounds here real quick. I got Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Mari Cooper, OJ Howard, Tariq Cohen, Darrell Henderson, Austin Hooper, Justin Jackson, Jalen Samuels, Matt Breida. Okay. So my 11th pick, uh, 11th round, 10th pick, I picked Dante Moncrief. At this point, I only had those three receivers, Thomas, Hill, Cooper, and I wanted to get the best receiver with upside, and uh, Moncrief was sitting right there. He's Pencilin's number two receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. He's still only 25 year, years old, so he has some pretty huge upside, so I like to get him there as well. 12th round, third pick, I picked Carson Wentz. This is usually pretty early for a QB. Some people will laugh about that. 12th round, no, I'm dead serious in these leagues, QBs. I've seen Carson Wentz go in the 15th round. So there was a slight run, if you can look at the draft board here, where they're really starting to fly off. So I really, I haven't drafted him all year, and I wanted to try him. You know, if you're going to draft 25 leagues, you want to have a piece of everyone. So obviously I wanted to get some Wentz, so I picked him there. 13th round, 10th pick, I picked the electric DK Metcalf. Uh, and then wouldn't you know it, the day after, he has a strained oblique. He's supposedly day-to-day, but he's going to have big upside if he's healthy. Uh, we've all seen the videos with Russell Wilson, so I'm definitely high on DK Metcalf, and uh, we'll just see if he can stay out of the uh, trainer's room. You know, that was a knock on him at uh, Mississippi, at Ole Miss. He just missed so many games. I mean, we obviously know he's a rock-hard specimen, you know. He's ripped. He's huge. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the photo next to Tyler Lockett. It looked like the photo last year with Derrick Henry next to Deion Lewis. It just looked hilarious. So he's huge. He's a monster. So stay on the field. Um, 14th round third pick, Michael Gusecki. Speaking of freaks of nature, uh, Gusecki was just a monster. He was taken at the 42nd pick last year from Penn State. They had big hopes for him in Miami, and Adam Gase never really used him right. Uh, he was just criminally misused. So I was hoping they'd split him out this year and uh, and not keep him on the line. But uh, I'm getting some weird reports from camp that he might be even the third tight end right now. So I, I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, he's worth a flyer for sure, especially in the 14th round of a tight end premium draft. Uh, the 15th round, 10th pick, Dexter Williams of Green Bay. I was tickled silly to land him here. Uh, word from camp just today is that he could open as a number two behind Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams isn't getting it done. And uh, remember, the new regime with Matt LaFleur came in this year, and uh, they drafted Dexter. So th- this is huge because Aaron Jones is constantly hurt, banged up, hobbling around. So you want to target Williams as much as possible in the late rounds. And, you know, this is a 20-round draft. Just in your regular 15-round draft, take him as your last pick. I mean, he's he's a flyer. I mean, number two in the Green Bay Packers, and I, I expect this offense with the floor to actually look good. So, yeah, I, I like this pick. He could be starting by week five. I mean, seriously. Uh, number 16th round, third pick, I picked Malcolm Brown. So I have the Los Angeles Rams backfield minus Todd Gurley on lockdown. I guess if Gurley does make it through the season, this would be a pretty big backfire. But since I'm fading Gurley in pretty much all my leagues, I'll take the risk and bite the bullet. 
you know. And then if he comes back and kicks ass again in the RB1, I guess it'll just be my demise. <laughs> so you have to plant your flag somewhere, and it's a popular flag, I, you know. And I know a lot of good people who are fading early too. So, but I know a lot of people are picking him, thinking, thinking they see that gold. So, I guess we'll see what happens when the season starts. But I am not, I'm not high. I'm thinking best case scenario, best case scenario, is Gurley's in a timeshare uh, with these guys, you know, getting 65% of the carries. And worst case scenario, you wake up on October 5th and you hear girlies week to week with uh, knee soreness or something. So that's where I stand on him. Uh, round 17, 10th pick, Josh Allen, uh, my second quarterback. Uh, I could see him start. I can see me starting him over Wentz some weeks if Josh Allen is as good as I think he might be. I'm very high on him this year. You had John Brown, Zay Jones. I mean, that receiving core, he's just going to throw it long. And, and John Brown's a great late pick, too. I would have liked to get him in this league, actually. But he went a lot earlier than I expected. But that's a really cheap stack you can get for, like, nothing in drafts. Uh, pick number 18, third pick, uh, Kaimi Fairbairn. Because we all know that kickers still play in this league. And the Texans are the... Uh, Biggest pros in the league at stalling inside the 30-yard line. So if you need a kicker, Kaimi Fairbairn, he's your guy. Uh, 19th round, 10th pick, Matt Lacoste, tight end. He's the starting uh, tight end for the New England Patriots. And I remember the days when that meant something. So I'll take this ticket all day long. Um, you know, I know Benjamin Watson had some substance abuse crap pop up, and he's on the uh, – He's suspended for the first four games. So let's see where this goes. I mean, this could be a great pick. And with number 20th pick, I had the Buffalo Bills defense because they open up with the Jets, and then they have some other soft team the next week. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I'll do that, then I'll just stream. So that is my team. Uh, my running backs are Tariq Cohen, Darrell Henderson, Justin Jackson, Jalen Samuels, Matt Breida, Dexter Williams, and Malcolm Brown. Uh, paired with all those great receivers and uh, those tight ends. I, I like my chances. Um, listen, it's not for the faint of heart. You know, doing it like this, is, it's it's not. And you got to hope stuff breaks right. I think this team is set up to make a pretty big push if things break right. I really can't afford to have these receivers let me down or get hurt. Like, God forbid Tyreek Hill, you know, new charges got opened up and he was gone. That would suck. Uh, my tight end depth is great, like I said. And I have Hooper as my number two. I like Lacoste in the 19th round. That's great. And uh, I put this board up on Twitter and I uh, tr Twitter on uh, right after the draft. And I mostly got great feedback. But I did receive some criticism for not having what appears to be a uh, starting running back on my team. I guess Cohen would be the starting running back. Um, this kind of dovetails to what I posted. Uh, at the end of the year last year in my 2018 season review article that I posted on in February on Fantasy Inquirer. I have it linked up here to this article about where I wrote about tips for the upcoming season and what I learned. Uh, draft day pageantry and grading should be ignored at all costs. That means how your team looks on draft day will be totally different due to injuries, duds, busts, success on the waiver wire, in the end, um, that'll determine everything for your team. How your team looks now is just nothing like what your team will look like. 
So if you're into taking your team and getting it graded, and uh, that means a lot to you, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. I've had some of the worst graded teams win championships, you know. And I, I draft a lot like this, like backwards, just opposite. But, uh, you know, oftentimes I will fade these guys because I don't believe in them for running backs. I, I don't believe that they'll have the starting job. Just because you say you have the starting job right now. Like, let's look at Alex Collins last year and, like, Jay Ajayi. Faded both those guys last year. Granted, I think a giant an injury, but Alex Collins, just because he was a starting running back, we all knew he was going to get passed. Um, you know, there's a few of those guys this year who I believe have the same thing going on. Just because you're the starting running back, you know, in name only, doesn't mean you have to take it. Uh, I think it's a waste of the pick. And um, like I said, uh, we just don't draft a guy just to say you have a starting running back just because you're you know nervous and have to pick right away take somebody a pass catch or something with upside and a great offense who could end up being the man down the line and putting up the big numbers you know take a pass catcher who will have a solid floor and will get you those dozen points every week because if you do this draft right you'll have stud receivers you'll have a stud tight end um overall i think this draft review of this team will be pretty good I'm never happy with a draft, it seems, when it ends. I will say it feels better uh, in the top four picks of a draft. Like, uh, say you have uh, Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, or Zeke. Take one of those guys and then picking three or four running backs in the tight end and then getting your other running back because you have that anchor running back. But I'm perfectly comfortable with that. Um, I have a board very similar to this from the two spot with McCaffrey. So we won't really know anything until they play the games this year, I guess. But, uh, I didn't really want to talk about my team because no one cares about my team. I just wanted to show you guys kind of how I drafted this team. If you guys want to do this strategy yourselves, uh, feel free to look at my Twitter, the draft board, or go to fantasyinquire.com. It's the main story on there. And thanks for listening guys. Talk to you later.